The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. The pre-market's just north of flat as September jobs comes in well below estimates at 194,000, lowest number of the year, uh, despite some upward revisions to August. Got the 10-year yield backing off the morning high of 1.6 as attention now turns to how the Fed will read the data. Our roadmap again is going to begin with that big jobs miss. The economy adding less than half as many jobs as forecast in September, held back by the Delta variant and a tight labor market. Plus, call it Texla. Elon Musk announcing that his company, Tesla, will be moving its headquarters to the state of Texas. Did you come up with Tesla? No. Okay. And playing 3D chess, AMC CEO trash-talking the naysayers as the theater chain positions itself to capitalize on the post-COVID reopening. We're going to start with the jobs number. Unemployment um, at 4.8 is really a, a function, Jim, of the labor force participation rate dipping once yes. again. Yes, and I don't think this is all that material. I know initially people were really saying it was a shocker. There is, uh, in the industry of travel and leisure, uh, leisure and hospitality, that's customer-facing, uh, and that means, well, COVID. People are worried. Delta COVID. If you're a teacher, by the way, did you really want to go and teach? The baby boomer retirement is extraordinary. David, things are changing so fast in the labor force that a lot of what we see almost instantly just doesn't pan out. You know, there is, it's hard to fully grasp because we know we have labor shortages. We talk about it all the time. Yes. And then we have a lot of people who are still unemployed. But somehow we seem to be unable to get from here to there rapidly. And to your point, the labor force participation rate fell to 61.6 from 61.7 in August. Uh, There were expectations it would actually go up. And 25 to 54 participation rate also falling, 81.6% now from what, uh, uh, and that's a four-month low. Uh, The prime age uh, labor force rate, uh, biggest drop uh, since November. So, yeah, people were not looking forward to to getting back to work, Jim. No, I mean, look, when I spoke to Marty Busey this week, who's the CEO of Paychex, which is, you know, there's 700,000 different companies, it's so clear that the boomers have, have just said, you know what, enough is enough. Now, they do have savings. Obviously, the stock market's been great. Uh, they do read the numbers. I, I think that we sometimes forget that the 700,000 death number is basically, uh, for many people, something that says it really doesn't even matter if I get vaccinated. I think that's untrue. Vaccinations are working. But, you know, David, 
why risk your life if you're, say, 63 on the idea that some kids might have COVID in your class? I suppose, although I'd come back and say if you're vaccinated, are you really risking your life? I guess that remains an area of debate enough that people will believe that that is the case, Jim. Well, you know, each time we look at I me, mean, the explosion right now is in Alaska, right? I mean, each state, I mean, there was Mississippi, and there were places where it just kind of hits. And those are states where I think you say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to work. I wouldn't go to work if I were in Alaska. Too, why? It's too dangerous. Uh, one thing it's definitely done is thrown some cold water on the idea that ending unemployment benefits early would have brought people back earlier. That was uh, that hasn't happened. Yeah, hasn't it's funny. Happened. Look, I mean, we heard that from Uber where they did uh, when the benefits ended. They did see an uptick in the number of people who were drivers. Yeah. But uh, that some of that was in Texas and Texas, which had unbelievably good job creation numbers still for northerners seems like a. Uh, kind of a Wild West situation. We are at 4.8% overall, though. It's pretty good. On the unemployment rate, which, uh, you know, it's the first time it's had Remember, that. Remember, we got that it's, by the wrong It's been denominator. about 5% since the beginning of COVID. But that's people dropping out. Look, I, what Agreed. I, right. That's the key question. Look. Austin Goolsby asked it on Squawk Box, and then Steve was able to answer it. And that's what we were just talking about well, in terms of labor participation. How about we do this? How about we just admit that this release is not as important as we thought. The average uh, wages kind of not niggling, so I'm not sitting here thinking that there's just this wage inflationary spiral. I look at this and I say one thing. Jay, right again. I'm telling you, Jay Powell, I wouldn't play him in Rummy Cube. Right about what? No need to tighten yet. No need to do anything. I mean, who knows if this trend continues? Well, wait. Uh, I mean, we, we're expecting taper in November, right? No, but I'm saying that... So no need to do that, or no, that's no, going to no, happen, no, no. but no I'm need saying, to actually tighten? No, no need to actually tighten, and no need to ridicule this man. Remember, a lot of people ridicule him. They think he's a softy. I hear some people say he's a Marxist. That's wrong. He's a banker. But I just feel like that if I were on those, those hectoring people in the Hollywood squares... That he plays in that ridiculous conference. Paul Lind or George Goebel? Yeah, with George Goebel. I'm trying to get him to stop doing it. I've been working to try to get him to stop it. It's like, you know, Mr. Powell, you, you did a good job this month. No one ever says that. Who are these people? Why don't they give him an app? Don't remember the people who used to kiss up? Why is it, Mr. Powell, I guess you, you feel pretty good about this number. No, it's always like, Mr. Powell, when did you stop beating your wife? I'm sick of those press conferences. I know his wife. That would be horrible. As for the November meeting, you don't think it delays a taper announcement? Because last night, as we got that nail biter in the Senate, there was some discussion about now that that decision has been pushed to December, maybe it makes the November meeting a little more fraught. Well, then I look at this and I say, look, I'd like to see whether Delta's really done. I mean, look, we've had the New York Times does this uh, great analysis and they said for two weeks it's been good. For two weeks. (laughs) What happens in a cold snap? And roll back inside. I don't know. I think uh, I'm, you see the I'm listening. Comments? Listen, I talked to Gottlieb the other day, and that's who I rely on to a certain not, extent. Okay. He seems to think that while prevalence may rise a bit, it won't rise anywhere near the levels that we previously I seen. agree, but I think that you don't want to necessarily bank on COVID. I think that anyone who's made really serious predictions on COVID has often been made to look foolish. Because there's another, there's a lot of Greek letters. You really think it's keeping people from going 
Oh, my God, yes, David. Going back David, to, get, really? Uh, David. I mean, I understand people who are still claiming health reasons for not going to the office, even though, by the way, they're doing everything else. So yeah, there was no important. traffic today. I don't, people know. No, don't Friday is Friday an all, clearly. I know people the don't subway work today Friday was, I was, hmm. Jamie Dimon must Friday say, is where is clearly, everybody? Nobody does it. Where's everybody? Is square? We shouldn't say it's not a work day, to be fair. It's not a day you go to the office maybe okay. ever again, except except the three of us. Yep, yep. The two of you are still wearing ties for some reason. I, I like ties. Yeah. <laughs> you, should wear t- you should wear a T-shirt that saves the shirt, and it's going to pilt more. I know, but uh, they get us plenty of shirts. I, don't I do think that, yes, there are many people. I think people. I think a 63-year-old bus driver, a retired person who goes back and does a great job, is thinking, you know what? There's a lot of kids in this bus that have not taken the Pfizer vaccines right, yep. and just applied. I don't feel like coming home and infecting my family. Remember, there's a lot of family members uh, who haven't taken the shot versus other family members. And I just think we, we are way too uh, uh, cloistered here about what's going on in the country. It's not like there's no cope. It's just that two weeks ago it peaked. I, I still know plenty of people won't go to a game. They think there's too much risk. Right. So I guess... Uh, we're once again waiting on an oral exactly. antiviral and uh, an approval for five to eleven year olds. Yes, and after and that's that's the point at which we'll ask fresh questions about labor. And supply. then we'll be Absolutely. sitting here wondering what's what's holding it up. But you, you look, I mean, Dr. Gottlieb, whom you referenced that you talked to, is talking again, reminding people, and so is Dr. Topol, my absolute favorite, that it is God, that that uh, CDC it is airborne, it is aerosol. I mean, David, look, right here, I'm going to do something what, that's not dangerous. I'm not doing that. Well, you can give me the flu. Fist bump. Do you know that, uh, that Gottlieb never shook hands even before this? <laughs> that's true. I mean, imagine you'd see him and you'd be like, hi, and then you think he hates you. And you got to shake him. I think so. back to the moment right here where we talked about that, whether yeah. or not the handshake was oh, dead. Oh, David was hugging me. I yeah. was like spraying... I'd rather hug than shake hands. But meanwhile, you got to shake hands. You can't say it. People just want it. You can't. You come off as such an act. I hug some people yesterday. You don't shake people's hands. I have a three Moderna hug. Yeah? Yeah. Now I start speeches. My name is Jim Cramer, and I've had three Modernas. On my way to four as soon as possible. No, four is. No, no, because doctor. Wait, can I get a third Moderna? Dr. Faust has said that it's. I thought you're not allowed to get a third Moderna. Uh, Are you you a booster bandit? There was a period where the, it, no, yeah. there was a period where the president Soon. said he wanted you to do it. It's eight so I went to CVS. Eight months, so I, still got I gave him my age. They said, here, take one. Jeremy Faust has been saying, listen, you got to be very careful. He's a great Harvard doctor. There, there are diminishing returns if you take a fourth. I'm serious. There are other issues that happen that come into play. So yeah. I know that's a little far afield from Elon Musk and some of the other things that are happening in business, but we have to cover it. We do. Uh, in fact, uh, Musk did speak yesterday, of course. Tesla is relocating its headquarters from California to Texas, citing the high cost of living and a tight real estate market as two of the reasons behind that decision. He made the announcement at the company's shareholder meeting in Austin and did say that Tesla plans to ramp up production in California and that manufacturing gives his company an edge. Take a listen. Tesla's long-term competitive advantage will be uh, manufacturing. Um, because all cars will be electric, eventually all cars will be autonomous. Um, The thing that's the hardest to, I think, uh, sort of match Tesla or copy is manufacturing. Implications here, given the fact that Fremont's going to be, going to grow, not shrink. Yeah, uh, look, I think that all the the things he said are great. I mean, now you've got, uh, you've got a bunch of people raising numbers again. 
raising price targets. I think this one is terrific. Uh, but, but, David, psychologically, what does it mean to give up on California? Well, I don't think they're giving up on California, but they are reducing, obviously. Their, listen, there are any number of companies that we know, uh, HP, Oracle, um, there's a few others I'm probably forgetting, but Tesla now, who have moved their headquarters or are in the process of moving their headquarters out of the state of California, in part uh, because of uh, high tax rates and any number of other issues. Uh, housing, uh, Texas has been a huge beneficiary of that. You don't need uh, me to sit here and say that. You've heard it from so many others, of course. Uh, and Austin, certainly perhaps the most uh, significant um, uh, uh, and growing city in the, in the state, in part because of the influx of, of talent uh, and of, uh, of headquarters of major uh, technology companies. You know, if you go back to Austin, I mean, Michael Dell had a lot to do with that, didn't he? Yes, he um, did. University starting that company there when really there were not many other Don't forget what high done tech the, companies the system there. in, in Austin. And that's going to continue, but states are always competing with each other. It's not as though California is still losing its no, edge in innovation. It's not, most likely. There's so many talented people still in that state who are going to come up with companies, as there are here in New York, but it doesn't mean that we aren't losing people in the financial services industry. Kathy Wood decides to move to Florida the other day, and that's that continuing West as well. Coast. We don't know the derivation of that. Before. Yeah. But I do think that uh, Tennessee, I, when you, I used to speak to Wells Fargo about the areas that were the hottest, and they just said over and over again, Tennessee. Oh, Nashville. Tennessee, Nashville. Nashville's going bananas. We should do our show from Nashville. Uh, I'm going this weekend. No, you're not. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go see the Rolling Stones in Nashville. There you go. Yeah. That's you, what I no, like to honest, hear. Honest God, are you really? Yeah. Yep. I'll let you know how it is on Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So cool. Yeah. I'm such a loser. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, I didn't need that verification. Musk was also asked about the chip shortage. We should quickly play what he said about that. Basically, if we can get the chips, <laughs> we can do it. Um, so uh, hopefully this chip shortage will alleviate soon. But um, I feel confident um, of being able to maintain something like this at least above 50% for quite a while. We've had to talk to Labor Secretary Ajita Raimondo. I mean, she is the only one I think that can really help us at this point. Taiwan Semi sold out for everything. Uh, we need to pressure global foundries, either come in public global foundries, uh, to be able to make what they call full-featured chips, which means the larger chips. Move up the value chain. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that this is so critical. We just got a statement out of Mexico, what some Mexican labor people saying that, that Ford's going to close the plant for a couple of days. Yep. This is the season when you need you need product. And the, the, the used car numbers are insane. There was just a gigantic jump up in used car. There was, but it was being cited by those who were saying that inflation was transitory. What was it last month when it went down for the first time in a while? Now that was, it's back up. That was all-time high. I said that, that was you. Yeah. Well, I, I admitted that. I, said, you know, I know. That was like, very, I was surprised. To yeah, you didn't really have to go. Sorry. Anyway, that's the second time you've done it today. But I, I love you anyway because <laughs> of that unbelievable full day you spent with this activist. <laughs> But, but I, look, I don't, there's no chip shortage in. There isn't. I was speaking to Marvell Technologies, and they're willing to work with some people on it. 28% of their business is automotive. They're the ones. Well, it's NXPI that is, like, what are they doing? What are they doing in NXPI? Where are the chips going? I, Chinese I, are still hoarding. They are? Yeah. And what did that sub bump, bump into? What did the sub bump, bump into, into? Our sub, you yeah. mean? I'm not sure. I don't have that information. How many flyovers are they going to do while we're waiting to have 
talks with them. They're flying over Taiwan. And, and, we want to talk. And now we've had troops there for a well, year yeah, in Taiwan. Yeah, we Training know, them for we know amphibious it's, it's assaults like. or repelling amphibious Bond's assaults. Opening. It's Bond-like, but in that interchange between Sean Connery and Goldfinger, <laughs> we don't want to. You want me to talk? No, I want you to die. Thank you. you Can I just say before we go that Dominic Chu said something I want to correct him on this morning. It's really important. He said that Daniel Craig has already surpassed Sean Connery. He is the longest serving Bond. No, as a better. Oh, better. Better Bond. Uh, Well, longer serving, better, and with a higher gross in uh, in nominal dollars. And he lives two blocks from me. (laughs) Yes. Very exciting. (laughs) Um, as Jim said, we're going to talk more about the chip shortage. Uh, Katie Huberty talking about the Apple supply chain today. We'll check in with the Commerce Secretary, get some reaction to this morning's jobs number. Got some downgrades of uh, Home Depot and Lowe's, upgrade of the rails. We're back in a moment. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. The nation's theaters gearing up the debut of the new James Bond film. Last night, AMC CEO Adam Aaron tweeted, Some of you suggested that as CEO of AMC theaters, I've been playing chess while detractors played checkers. On the weekend that James Bond's No Time to Die opens in the U.S., it feels more like AMC's playing three-dimensional chess. To the naysayers, I say it loud. Hashtag choke on that. Uh, We'll see when the figures come in on Tuesday, Jim. Uh, It it is absolutely... uh Incredible because Adam is so uh, boisterous. Last Thursday, when I had a cocktail with him after uh, the presentation, after his presentation, he's basically just daring, daring people to short, to short him, daring, trying to figure out who they, who do they think they are to bet against Adam Aaron, and he made that very clear to me. He had numbers from London, from UK, he's from Europe. A, he's playing an interesting game, that's for sure. Sonic I mean, listen, if you had these numbers, this company as it was prior to the pandemic existing, you had these kinds of numbers, would the stock be anywhere near where it was if we if we never had the meme treatment? You know Those are people who are the big member. He turned the shareholder base from my but that's 80%. not answering the question though. Would in a typical world pre meme, pre pandemic, with 
this kind of financial performance, this kind of attendance well, the in the theaters? No. I, uh, the answer is no, of course no, not. No, but you, had, you, you have 80% individuals own the stock But now. so how can you make an argument to people that a, a $20 billion value over this makes sense for, on a fundamental basis? I'll tell you basis. how I make that, make that judgment. Because if you wanted to sell 500,000 shares right now, you could get it. So it makes sense to me. Okay. When is Adam Aaron going to start selling stock? No, he has a deal. He's got a sell thing that's in place for his kids. He's not selling anything. Adam Aaron is playing offense. This is not, you know, this is Adam Aaron from 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 Norwegian Cruise. Yeah, from Vale, uh, Philadelphia 76ers. 76ers. But don't but go, to, don't don't go against Adam Aaron. To David's point, though, the market cap is double the domestic box office pre-COVID. Stocks up 2,000%. And by the way, things are not better overall. Bond is going to do great. I might even go Who's see it left? in the movie theater, not that Who's I'm the left? cohort that matters. You think what, Regal? But, I mean, but, he's, he owns this market. He has the power to be able to go to Bob Chapek now and say, hey, listen, Bob, love you. They started with me. Okay. Yeah, no one's ever had the power that Adam Aaron has right now. Adam, oh, was, really? The movie theater exhibitors have more power than do the, the producers of the content. I think power shifted. Don't give me that. Oh, I got to give you that look. How much work have you done? Did you have a cocktail with that man? Did you? Uh, look- was it in person? Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. And by the way, he hugged me. We're, we're back. Uh, he hugged me, and we're I took a, I took a Binax now. Fifteen an hour. It was fun. You with the Binax now? I carry Binax now with me everywhere I go. For those who don't know, it's a it's a test. It's a COVID test. You bet it's a COVID test. I, I'm in sure 15, it is. Yeah. You give me fifteen minutes, I'll give you the world. <laughs> We'll get Kramer's Matt Dash in the opening bell uh, in a few moments here. Take a look at the futures. Really not a whole lot of reaction to the jobs number, although yields did come down a touch. We're back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. If you're just waking up, jobs number came in a big disappointment at 194K, although people are sorting through details saying perhaps uh, not enough to knock the Fed off course of a taper. That's the word from Fitch this morning. So we're slightly positive. Yields have backed off, and we'll get the opening bell in five minutes. All right, welcome back. We're going to get to a mad dash here. Count you down to an opening bell, two and a half minutes or so, before we wrap up trading for the week here at the New York Stock Exchange. It's been a good week for stock action. Yes, stocks actually, best. overall, at now, least if you are long. If you're long, right. Uh, what do you want to focus on for your, now, ma- David, for your mad dash? David, I read my revamped uh, what I'm looking at. It's now part do. of the charitable trope. If you join the club, investing club, you see my thoughts going in. Uh, I had uh, was looking at this kind of astounded at the Union Pacific upgrade by J.P. Morgan, having just had Lance Fritz on, the CEO on Mad Money, where I was coaxing him to be more bullish, and he would not. They are saying that, you know what, there's going to be some cessation of the problems in the ports, which is rather amazing over the last month. Uh, and they really basically are saying, you know what, it's time, starting to show signs of improvement. Uh, are, you, are you skeptical? Yes. Yeah. I'm skeptical, as I wrote in my uh what I'm looking at, because most CEOs, if you give them any opportunity to say good things, they'll say it. I was so depressed after it that I noted it 
uh, and put it in my memo this morning because I was. Although uh, he is, I don't mean to indicate shooter. that some CEOs are not, but Lance is more of a straight shooter, so to speak. He is. He's not a cheerleader. No. No. And I was cheerleading. And he was saying, Jim, you're too, you're a little too ahead of yourself. I respect that so much. Lance, Lance has said at times, listen, things are humming. He did not give me a things are humming. Not at all. So there you go. Uh, they downgraded J.B. Hunt, too. They also like Norfolk Southern. Now, when I checked in with Norfolk Southern, you think that they would benefit from the, the incredible attempt to get more coal everywhere. But you can't. You can't just turn the coal switch on. No. No. You just can't. It's, it doesn't work like that. No. And Look, coal was in decline no. despite President Trump's support. Although uh, China, according to reports, is going to ask our mandate that its producers increase a capacity by 160 million tons because they are definitely getting ready for the winter. I'll tell you, they can offset anything our companies do to be carbon neutral. They are so, you know what they are? They're carbon positive. And do they get any heat from the Germans? They're carbon positive. No, because I want to sell Mercedes-Benz there. I want to sell BMW. I am telling you, carbon positive is not the future. Flyovers in Taiwan, carbon positive, and president wants to meet with them. Hey, we got to sell them deer. Uh, we're carbon positive too, still. Just, just so you know, carbon positive as a country. Carbon. We're doing well, but not as well as Europe. And we're going to talk to Secretary Mondo. Yep. Hold uh, her feet. We're still far. number two. Opening bell here and uh, some breadth at the open. Not too bad. Uh, at the big board, it's Tricon Residential, owner and operator of rental homes and apartments, celebrating its U.S. listing. At the NASDAQ, it's Portage Biotech, an immuno-oncology company. Hmm. A city today, uh, we expect China's uh, coal crunch to persist, which would force the mandate, uh, the base case, the government to mandate a 12% cut in industrial power use in Q4. Uh, which would increase cities' stagflation risks in China. There you just, on that, I mean, even at these levels, you sell iron ore valet, uh, you, you sell Freeport. I mean, that's just, they can't produce. Plus, I mean, there's been some excellent reportage by Bloomberg on what's going on with, with uh, Tether. Tether owns a lot of Chinese paper. On the paper. cover of Business Week, yeah. Yeah, really amazing. And Evergrande still not doing well. David, you know that... Fantasia. I mean, these, I'm just saying there are weaknesses, cracks in the edifice that is the communist regime. Yeah, the property market's a very important one. We were very much focused on Evergrande, potential collapse there a few weeks ago. There are a couple of things that have occurred since, although a default certainly is a real possibility. And they right. have been not making interest payments, I think, on certain bonds uh, uh, that, 48 billion. Uh, that have been issued overseas. It's an awful lot of debt. Fantasia is another of these companies that there is concern about. And yet in the... Um, and, and it's Alibaba. a very important part of the net worth of your, uh, of your average Chinese middle but then class you see person. Alibaba moving up? It has had a big day right. yesterday. And that lets Alibaba the Nikes had a of the world huge move up. up day yesterday. Yeah, gigantic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, still well, well below its highs, but right. still I, down 35%. Right. Jack Ma probably somewhere. Jack Ma's hanging out at home, I think, yeah. It's just not saying Well, much. that's not exactly... That, that, that's the equivalent in this country of house arrest. I think he can travel a little bit. Can he travel? I don't think he wants to leave. No? No. I've, I've asked the that world. question at least. Like, would he ever, you know, he owns 30,000 acres in the Adirondacks, some huge... He does? Yeah. 
but he's, he I'm like, 30, why would he just go there? He's 30,000 acres that are on now. I don't know. I, the, don't quote me on the number. You're, we can look it up, but it's a huge. Saren Acres in the High Peaks region. It's way up there, man. It's tougher. And he, but he's not going. Oh, it's way up there. He doesn't want to go. Closer to Potsdam? I mean, the beef Adirondacks is not that hospitable in the middle of winter either. So uh, I used to climb a member of the 46ers. I'm a 46er and did most of them in winter, too. Did Let you? me tell you, it's a lot. It's very hospitable, minus 30. At minus 30, remember, your spit freezes on the way down. I don't want to tell you what freezes on the way down at minus 40. Yeesh, yeesh. Um, speaking of China, uh, Katie Huberty, a big note on Apple supply chain. Power consumption curbs in China are a potential headwind, uh, but the impact is limited right now and primarily concentrated at small-scale companies in Guangdong. Unclear if those curbs will continue. Overall, Jim, she says the lead time for the Pro and the Pro Max, the longest of any model over the last five years at this point in the cycle. Well, I think people don't realize it's not incremental. This is not an incremental phone. My battery has not died. I have my phone on all day. I have it on all night. And it just keeps um, it's like ever, it's ever ready. I mean, this thing's incredible. You do charge it, though, don't you? I don't have to charge it for a full day. Right. I just I don't even pay attention to it. I, I, it's a remarkable device. Plus, I'm making movies on it myself. I've made some fabulous movies. Have you? Yes. You're using cinematic mode? Yeah. I'm not Cecil Peter Mill. You're making I, movies, too, during the course of your day. Yeah. Okay. Just one. I'm, Is I'm that when of, you have some downtime? Yeah. I mean, it's not like... A, I'll make a movie now. J.J. Abrams. I, look, I just think this thing is incredible, and that's why people want it. Don't forget, uh, Verizon's in a, a race with T-Mobile to give them to you, and a third phone company, too. Yeah, although Verizon, I don't know, are they offering an actual discount of any real kind? I got a, I don't know. I, know, I bought it to Did I you? Are you? Did you go to Apple? or I paid no. $1,300 for it. Oh, you did? Yeah. It's a lot of money. Uh, I got to get in a phone for my kid. All right, um, guys. What? I, what? What, what? No, I want to hear something from you. This All right, I'm going to talk about charter communications because it's oh, down three and a half percent. I knew you were going to. I saw the report and I knew you were covering Well, yeah, you knew I would. And the so Wells, I am. The Wells piece? Yes, the Wells piece. It is a downgrade yeah. and underweight. I thought it was somewhat interesting because they are basically talking about increased competition from telephone companies, or at least what we would call them. The main one, of course, his favorite, I kid, AT&T which is putting out a lot of fiber out there, uh, and a lot of it is in charter territory, and for its part, uh, Wells says, listen, AT&T has some 40-plus percent overlap with charter's footprint, so its aggressive fiber plans will not go unnoticed by customers and investors, and they expect charter will look to match uh, incoming competition with upgrades of its own. What does that mean? Well, that means capital intensity goes up, and that means free cash flow perhaps goes down, or at least is lower than estimated, and that seems to be the, one of the key reasons for the downgrade. Uh, charter shares, yeah. by the way, have had a pretty good year. I mean, up 8%. That's at least it's a bit higher than our parent company, Comcast. And then you look, at all, then you look at all Tease USA, which is a much smaller company. Market cap there is getting minuscule. But that stock's been cut in half this year. I know. Cut in half. Yeah. Uh, ATUS, and they kind of say, listen, that, that experience is what makes us concerned because Altice faces more competition in its footprint than Comcast or Charter, and look what's happened. So, well, there's no more combinations, right? You can't buy no, none of these. No, no way. No more combinations. Yeah. I mean, Comcast was prevented years ago from buying the old, uh, the old Time Warner cable, which then most of it went to, uh, to Charter, which is the current Charter. Yeah. So. Well, you know that Scott Barche from, from Paul Weiss, the number one, M&A lawyer in the country, yes. preeminent, yes. says that they would try to stop every single deal. And the only way a deal can get through is because they just don't have enough people to stop every deal. Right. 
they want to stop every deal, this Justice Department. Uh, well, to. the FTC also. F- Let's oh, not the forget FTC. it. Both DOJ and FTC. Don't get them started. I think FTC. that's overstating it. I don't think they want to stop every deal, but I think right. any large transaction, and even ones that you wouldn't consider as large, get a much harder look, perhaps, than they would have in the past. You can expect second requests. You can expect, by the way, they have the right now to actually give you a third request even after you close. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's a difficult situation. But meanwhile, M&A is near record volumes because... The deals we don't pay attention to every day continue to occur at a, at, a, at a fairly rapid pace. Private equity is still doing a lot of deals. There are still deals in that two to five billion, to, you know, up to 10 billion range that maybe we don't talk about as much, Jim. But yes, the big deal, anything transformational, anything horizontal, well, anything, anything, is going to get a really hard look. And so if you're a company that feels you have to do it for strategic reasons, you probably need to be prepared to go to court. Uh, and you might very well win, but you need to be prepared to do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm with you. Uh, get back to today's jobs number. The economy adding less than half as many jobs as forecast in September, held back by the Delta variant and a tight labor market. Joining us this morning for some reaction from the Biden administration is the Commerce Secretary, Eugenia Raimondo. Adam Secretary, great to see you again. Welcome. Yeah, nice to be with you. Uh, markets trying to zero in on some potential culprits uh, for the lower than expected number. A lot of people looking at non-teacher education as back to school was a, a big uh, factor in this particular print. Do you think maybe the number today uh, understates the real level of uh, non-farm growth? So whenever I do this on a monthly basis, and I always say the same thing, which is we can't over-index on any one month. And so I'm going to start with that. You know, recovery isn't a straight line. We are recovering. We are seeing recovery. There is still growth. And you're going to see ups and downs month to month. So what I think is uh, the Delta variant is still making it a challenge. Not enough people. You know, we still have to get people vaccinated. Uh, I give a lot of credit to companies that are mandating vaccines. You see in those instances, like United Airlines, They're looking for 2,000 flight attendants and they have 20,000 applicants because people want to work in places that are safe. And my big takeaway is that we have to make the investments President Biden wants to make in childcare, in elder care. You want women to go back to work, they have to be able to send their kids to a high quality, affordable place for childcare. So, you know, I don't over index on any one month, but I do know that Folks need to get vaccinated, and we have to make investments in child care and home care. Madam Secretary, Jim Cramer, great to speak to you again. Thank you for coming on Squawk on the Street. I'm concerned. Yeah, always- uh, Europe, okay, they were way behind us. Now they've passed us. Portugal is the number one country in the world. It's the Green Pass. The green pass that makes it so that when you go anywhere, you can't even get an ice cream cone without a green pass in Europe. When will we have green passes in this country? Yeah. So we're not going to have a federally mandated, organized green pass. But uh, you start, you're already starting to see it, Jim, with companies having creative solutions, innovative solutions. But I will just say what we really need is everybody to be vaccinated. Um, whatever authentication system we come up with, it will be helpful. The private sector should innovate. What we need is employers to do mandates. 
individuals to go get vaccinated. We need, you know, 90 plus percent of folks vaccinated. Once that happens, it'll the economy will be better. People will be safer. People will feel comfortable going back to work. It just takes the guesswork out of it. You want to get the guesswork out of it. Everyone ought to be vaccinated. And then you don't really need the Green Pass because, you know, everyone's vaccinated. Uh, and a secretary, you know, the labor force participation rate uh, was once again a disappointment. And I understand month to month, you know, we can we can sort of take one month and not and disregard it. But that's been going on for a while. And I wonder if it's a concern to you, the idea that people are simply dropping out of the labor force uh, and not coming back anytime soon. So I'll ask you, if you were a mom and you could get a job at 20 bucks an hour, but you had to pay 15 bucks an hour to find a babysitter, would you do it? And I'm not sure you would, which is why we need universal pre public pre-K so your four-year-old kid can go to public school just like they would go to kindergarten, why we need child tax credit, why we need a robust system of child care in America. Because we don't have it. I can tell you from being governor in Rhode Island, we don't have it. Moms are still, you know, having to send their kids with friends, neighbors, grandmothers. It's, it's a patchwork. It's fragmented. It's fragile. And until we make those investments, you're going to see women unable to fully participate in the workforce. Uh, Madam Secretary, I hope you won't mind one question on supply chain. We uh, did take note this week of a slight drop in the shipping rate of a container from Shanghai to L.A. Uh, today there's some discussion about uh, dwell time in the rails at the port of L.A. maybe not being quite as bad. Are you sensing any of that kind of maybe not getting better, but certainly not getting worse? I am. I will say we are working it day and night seven days a week, you know, my team, the White House, Secretary Buttigieg's team, and we're starting to see incremental improvement. Uh, as Jim, my friend Jim Cramer and I talk all the time about semiconductors, there's a lot of work left to do. And so we are on it. We're putting focus on it. We're making slow improvement, but there's no denying that it's a problem. I think we're going to be feeling these effects for well into 2022. And it's, it is disruptive, and that's why we have to stay focused. Uh, Madam Secretary, I, I got a commitment last night from Jim Farley at Ford. He'll buy everything, all the chips, if you were to build those factories in this country. Now, I, I know that the founders in the bill, it's $52 billion. I know you're the principal champion uh, in our nation for semis. We get Ford wants to buy all the chips. We get GM wants to buy all the chips. It would be highly unusual to have 100% sold out of a foundry. This, this is your legacy. Can you get this through? I mean, a commitment I have right here from Jim Farley tonight, from last night. He says he'll give it to you, but I need you to say that you will push no matter what. Yeah. So listen, I hope members of the House are listening to this right now. This first step is Congress needs to pass the bill to get the $52 billion over to my office so we can get to work. Once we have that, yes, I am confident. It's not just Jim. I've, I've talked to Tim Cook at Apple. I've talked to large consumers. Everyone knows we need to make chips in America. I think American companies are willing to step up to guarantee demand. And then uh, we need to stimulate 
domestic production. So yes, we can get this done, but we have to get to work. The money's going to get over here, and we have to get to work now. Uh, do people understand that if the Chinese continue the flyovers with Taiwan Semi, which is way too important in the food chain, that our companies, a company like GM or Ford, are going to suffer? I know you know this. This is a matter of national security, but also national pride. If we take back, if we take back leadership under you, Secretary Mondo, this would be an extraordinary time for America. Not if, when. It's going to happen. We will do it. It's going to create jobs. It will secure our national security, just like you said. And it isn't just autos. It's everything. Your entire life runs on semiconductors. The demand is almost insatiable. The supply is not in America. It's heavily concentrated in Taiwan. So, yes, it's on us to solve it, and we will do that. All right. Well, uh, speaking of jobs, uh, let's get back to that uh, jobs number this morning, Secretary. You know, I mean, we have a high number of job openings. We've got a participation rate that's basically seems stuck at a level we wouldn't like. Um, so we have a very tight labor market. What are your expectations then when it comes to wages? Which, I guess, good news in many ways, continue to rise at a fairly steady and significant rate. Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I know people worry about inflation, and of course we're watching that every day. But rising wages um, isn't all bad. We have far too many Americans in certain industries, particularly women, who are working full-time living in poverty. You know, put yourself in the position of, uh, of a home care worker, a social worker, a certified nurse's assistant. These women are working 60, 70 hours a week and can't afford a home, can't afford a car. So, you know, increasing wages is a good thing in many ways. Um, but again, I'm just going to keep going back to what I said. We need investments in productivity, in job training. A lot of the jobs that are open, you know, some of them are lower wage, and you see the help wanted signs on Main Street, and I understand that. Uh, I think that will get better as more people get vaccinated and people feel comfortable going back to work. But you also have a half a million jobs open right now for cyber technicians. We don't have people trained in that. There's so many jobs open for software engineers, data scientists, and not PhD levels, you know, entry level. We need to train these people. We need digital apprenticeships. So I guess what I'm saying is, goes back to what I was saying to Jim around chips. I, Congress cannot dawdle. Get this done. Pass a version of the president's investments so we can invest in productivity, which is the best hedge we have against inflation and the way to get America in the game competing on our front foot. Uh, yes, certainly those who are optimistic hope that we're ushering in a new age of productivity that's going to give us some of that protection. Uh, Madam Secretary, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Hi, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Secretary Raimondo. Uh, it's covered quite a bit of ground there. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, optimism on supply chain. Well, remember, she is a terrific business person. Venture capital before Rhode Island. Breath of fresh air. True business person. I think that that notion that the same analyst, the Union Pacific analyst said it's possible, would be so incredible uh, because the port series that we just did, it just showed you that by Christmas time, we're not going to have what we need. I think that what she just said could be a major break. David, she knows whereof she speaks. She's totally handsome. By the way, we're going to get these foundries done. 
Well, it's interesting she mentioned talking to Tim Cook and a number of other CEOs, and we are, but it's going to take years. Let's not, no. This is not something that's happening no. next quarter. No. no, we can get the equipment from Lamb Research. We can get the equipment from ASM. We can get this. We can build new foundries that uh, Yeah, but how many years is it going to take to build, to actually increase chip capacity in a meaningful amount? I will get this done. Really? You're You're going to open a foundry too? You're going to have to stop making movies. That's that's not productive. I'm working with global foundries right now. Tom Caulfield, they're coming public. He's on board. I got the people from Ford that want to do it. I know GM needs the chips. I know that the companies do semiconductor capital equipment. Far be it for me to ever doubt your ability to get things done, but I still think it could take years. Okay, so there's no harm in trying. No. In my metaverse, I'm going to get it done. Well, will you look into nu- this night and day? Will you look into nuclear fusion then for me too? It doesn't work, but I got I got hydrogen chucks coming. Okay, believe me, Ben's wants you know, I'm not stopping. Solve that Rondo. riddle, and we got a lot of problems we look, can I take think care that of. I, if, I am a journalist, but why not try to do something positive? Every, every journey starts with a single step, Jim. Wow, yeah. every kiss begins with K. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as we go to break, uh, market really not buffeted by the jobs number. Um, take a look at uh, Treasuries as well. We did get to 1.6 this morning. That's the highest since June 4 on the 10-year. And we've just backed off, but not by a lot, just south of that. We're back in a moment. If you're wondering what's leading the S&P so far this month, just take a look at your screen. Almost every name involved in some way in the energy complex. Uh, MRO is going to lead you up almost 15% uh, just in the first few days. In the meantime, Dow is taking a slow, small leg lower here, down 75. We'll take a short break and be back with more Squawk on the Street in a minute. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? Okay, I have an app called Flexport. And literally what they do is try to figure out the port situations. Because I think that this is seminal. We got this today, Carl. This is the first time, we got it from Secretary Mato too, first time we truly have information that maybe this choke point is ending. Wow, would that be fabulous. You guys play this weekend? Uh, yeah, got we play Dave Tepper, and I've asked Dave to take a dive, this Panthers, <laughs> because I've known Dave, and he ridiculed me repeatedly when I was at Goldman Sachs, but he will not do that. He said they're going to come to play, game, McCaffrey's a game-time decision, I can plead with him to lose the game, and it will mean nothing. Uh, good luck to you guys. Yeah. Um, I did have Metcalf going last night, so, you know. By the way, you can get in on the new CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more. CNBC.com slash investing club. Or just use the QR code on your screen, and it'll take you there. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, No one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery, package-less and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 